Greetings, you're listening to Horror Nerds at Church, a ridiculously queer podcast where we take a deep dive into a horror film and talk about what it can teach us about God, the Bible, and each other. My name is Pace, and I am the franchise that just keeps going even after you think it's finally finished and wrapped up, and then lo and behold, they release a new trailer for another entry in the film franchise. And my name is Matt, and I am... We'll go with the hockey mask that's on Jason's face. <laughs> that changes throughout the series, too. Or the, the burlap bag or the paper bag or whatever. The potato sack. Potato sack. Potato sack Jason is one of my favorites. Okay, anyway. So this is our Friday the 13th retrospective that was supposed to come out in December. And it is now almost February when we're recording this and we're finally getting to it. So sorry, friends. Yeah, well, let's just say um, for the I know a few of our listeners are also doing podcast stuff, so I'm sure you know, but it's not just in the podcast world; it's in all worlds. COVID really just messes with everything. So when you try to make plans and schedules, then someone gets COVID, or stuff gets shut down again, or new mandates appear and stuff, and it's just been a very hectic winter with the Omicron variant and stuff. So it's led us to reschedule this quite a few times. But here we are. We're finally doing it. Please be safe out there, everybody. Get your shots if your doctor recommends it. Wear your masks. Um, just, you know, for not only for yourself, but everybody around yeah. you. So, um, But stay healthy. Yeah, stay as healthy as you can. Make sure to get vaccinated, like Matt said, if you are able. Um, and uh, wear your masks. All of those things. Um, this Make is good choices. This is, we're entering year three of the pandemic, so by now you would think we'd have it figured out, but it's clear that there are some people who don't. You but would think. Anyway, um, well, it's been a while since uh, we graced your ear holes. That sounds so wrong. You're welcome. <laughs> but um, anyway, so just some updates. Uh, so um, let's see. Uh, season three is coming very shortly. It'll come out in mid-March. Uh, and I will have Reverend Emily Ewing, who is, who's been on this podcast a few times as a guest and also as a guest co-host. And they will be my guest co-host for the entire duration of season three. So really excited about that. Emily is fantastic and has a great conversation. You will enjoy listening. Yeah, I'm really excited. Um, and also you can listen to them, to their podcast right now, um, Nerds, nerds at, at church yeah nerds at church uh where they we're, we're, we're kind of the spin-off but we call ourselves sibling podcasts and stuff so uh find that wherever you're, you listen to your podcast highly recommend it please listen yep so super fun uh but they will be coming uh so so they will be our uh, guest host for the entire duration of season three still working on finding a permanent co-host uh we'll keep you in the um, we'll, we'll keep you up to date with that as we figure stuff out behind the scenes. But uh, season three is going to be about vampires. Uh, it's already kind of been spoiled on our social media so you can see what franchise we're covering. But it is a, a five film long franchise with sparkly vampires. Uh, super popular in the uh, late 2000s, early 2010s. So you can probably guess what I'm talking about, uh, but I'll leave <laughs> more of that later. Uh, but yeah, so keep keep your um, 
so watch this space we'll be dropping that in march sometime and we'll run that season and we'll, we'll only be covering the sparkly vampire movies we'll be covering a whole bunch of different vampire movies from dracula to um interview with a vampire stuff like that 30 days a night i want to suck your blood <laughs> yeah love it so um yeah definitely stay tuned for that Beyond that, oh, the other announcement is um, the mini-sode that was promised this month is not going to happen until later. Uh, like I was saying with scheduling for this episode, the retrospective, same thing with the mini-sode, which we're going to talk about like hospice and end of life and grief stuff. We are postponing that indefinitely, just like I said, scheduling stuff with uh, the holidays and people traveling and people having COVID and all that. So um, we'll do that at some point, but... Right now, we do have a mini-sode series coming up as part of Season 3, and that mini-sode series will be on polyamory and the church. So I am having an open call for submissions if you uh, are polyamorous or you know people who are polyamorous or if you um, are at a church that has heard either negative or harmful things about polyamory um, from your pastor or religious leaders, please write in to us. We're going to be covering that. But on the flip side of that, we also are taking um, stories of ways that polyamory has deepened your love for church, for the divine, for community, all of those things. So if you have anything you want to submit to that, you can do so at horrornerdsatchurch at gmail.com. We also have a way to anonymously submit mini um, sewed stories now, which you can do so. I'll make sure that's linked in the show notes. Um, it's a Google form. You just type in your story. You can optionally put in your name and contact if you want, but you don't have to and submit that way. So it can be anonymous. So just want to update you all on those plans. Beyond that, how have you been doing, Matt? Um, pretty good. I'm trying to not get COVID a second time. Um, <laughs> right? <laughs> that was not fun. People like friends, it, it, it just don't. Just just do what you can to not get it. It's not fun. It knocked me out for two weeks and still feeling the effects. Um, but apart from that, doing well. I'm just finishing my last semester of grad school. Um, fabulous classes, fantastic teachers. I'm so excited. This is going to be a lot of fun. Um, recital in the spring and uh, um, puppies are doing good. Um, our one older dog is uh, having some health issues, unfortunately, but um, it's otherwise it's otherwise kind of picked yeah. up a little bit. So that's always good. Um, and uh, yeah, other than that, I think everything's been going well. It's not been too bad. How about you? Awesome. Uh, well, I guess I should have, I did this a little out of order. I should have said, Matt, who you all should be familiar with now, is my husband and also the editor and also the theme song composer. So he is filling in on this episode instead of a bell because like I said so many scheduling issues and stuff this past this past season as a nightmare so we just um so Bell's coming back don't worry we're, we definitely have him coming on for future episodes including a future boot tube uh related to vampires so look out for that but um we just need to get this uh <laughs> retrospective out because it's been this is like the last dangling thread of season two so trying to get take care of this before we start ramping up production for season three but you asked how i'm doing and i want to say i have um also had covid so uh we entered our household sadly um and unexpectedly probably from work not sure uh we don't do much else beyond that i had a very mild case but weirdly enough the long haul effects are more prevalent for me than the actual covid itself was so that's weird 
but I've been using some of my recovery time to watch through the entire Godzilla franchise, much to my husband's chagrin. <laughs> Yay. All 30, what, six films, I think. So Save me. <laughs> yeah, but I'm almost done. There's only like seven left. So thank goodness. Yeah, I I'm, I promise you we'll probably do an episode on a few of the Godzilla films at some point in the future. We'll see. I know I give you a hard time about about some of the movies and being stuck sitting on the couch watching them with you, but um, in 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 all honesty, I do appreciate them and appreciate all the the genre and it's I'm not so familiar with it because it was not something that was watched in my house growing up um but i i'm i'm learning a lot from you and from watching the movies to appreciate the genre and the style and and what one can glean from watching it and the entertainment value so um so even though i give you a hard time on it i do appreciate the uh, the experience and the opportunity Aww. to watch it. that's sweet uh he's saying as he was also uh, forced to watch the entire friday the 13th franchise to prepare for this oh Speaking of which, though, that means that we will not be doing our Matt Misremembers shit mini segment here because Matt's actually took notes and paid attention so that way he could participate on this retrospective. You speak so highly of me. I have, <laughs> I have a memory like an extra sketch. I turn my head and it's gone. Love it. Love. So this it. still might turn into Matt Misremember stuff. <laughs> a whole episode of that. Well, I just want to say we aren't doing the full, like if you listen to our Halloween retrospective, the only other retrospective we've done so far, that was pretty intense. We kind of really went heavy into it and kind of talking about some of the themes and stuff because um, of all the scheduling conflicts and stuff. We're not doing quite as big of a mini uh, of a retrospective this time, but uh, we still hope to do Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, for season four or shortly thereafter and after nightmare on elm street i'm sure we're going to do probably a multi-part retro excuse me to do a multi-part retrospective on the big three uh slasher franchises so that'll include uh friday the 13th so um we'll cover more more of the stuff like your favorite final girls and favorite jason masks and all that stuff in that forthcoming retrospective uh for the big three whenever we get to that uh so today's retrospective we're just going to talk a little bit about some of the theological themes throughout the franchise um some of our ideas for sequels and some dangling plot threads we notice and then we're going to end with ranking the films to create our official podcast ranking like we did for the halloween series and I guess without further ado, we'll just dive right in. Woohoo! Yay! Okay, so things we didn't really get into during the our covering of it. Uh, there is a Friday, uh, Friday of Freddy versus Jason comic book continuation, uh, and it includes Freddy versus Jason versus Ash from the Evil Dead franchise. I uh, probably will talk about that more um, because that's kind of the main and only continuation of the jason franchises original friday 13th franchises original continuity uh through those comic books and also the um, nightmare on elm street so i'm sure we'll talk about it in the nightmare on elm street retrospective also there's that friday the 13th tv show that you heard joe and i mention a few times on here joe had actually watched it i now own it so my hope is to watch it and do some boot tubes on it so stay um posted for that and then of course there's that amazing friday the 13th video game um which has been out a few years now so uh that that's something we could probably do an entire episode about itself but we're not going to but just 
uh, know that that's there as well. And there's a whole bunch of other tie-ins and stuff because this is a huge franchise. So no, we didn't cover a lot of that stuff. Some of that we'll cover later. Uh, what about theological themes throughout the franchise? Have you noticed anything when you're watching it um, or when you're listening or editing our episode, some of the stuff that kept coming up again and again? Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I... I don't, I don't remember if this is what had kept coming up again, but I remember these movies seem to be, um, it, theologically speaking, it seems like there's often, like, if you have premarital sex or, or do any sort of extracurricular activities like that, <laughs> um, you are met with a very, very gruesome death. It's uh, and similar in, like, how when one reads a... Um, uh, some uh, theological books, you know, the general concept is, you know, uh, sex is very much and other similar things is very much safe for like the context of marriage or, or, or something like that. And, and um, it's, it just seemed like it, it, it just seemed like the movie was kind of the movie series were kind of supporting that I think is one of the largest things that I've noticed repeating itself over and over. Um, yeah. What do you think? I, that That's definitely there. I, um, there's this weird kind of purity culture connection between the yeah. Friday, the 13th franchise and um, kind of that purity culture and religion and this weird kind of like notion of morality of like, don't have premarital sex. Don't have, don't drink, don't do drugs. Don't do any of those things. Cause Jason will punish that. And that this franchise, I think of all the franchises really um, goes into that. So that's one of the things we talked about a few times was like how, this franchise is kind of like a modern day morality tale or morality play, which were big in the medieval era where basically death would come and harm the people who did wrong. And death now is Jason in a hockey mask and the people who are doing wrong are all teens and stuff, but like uh, essentially kind of the modern version of that. Yeah. So is Jason then say maybe the modern version or, or a, or um, what's the word I'm looking for metaphor of the grim reaper? Could be, yeah. I, I think at least from a theological perspective, whatever the Grim Reaper would be, the yeah, or like, Inquisitor. I don't know. There was um, in Crystal Lake Memories, which we talked about a lot in this season of the podcast, because it's really a thorough documentary and book, both a book and a documentary uh, that goes into the history of the franchise, but um, and the development of the franchise. But uh, the director of Jason Goes to Hell was talking about that very thing, how he kind of imagined Jason to be this kind of like emissary or ambassador from hell who was doing hell's bidding by like killing the teens who did wrong and stuff like that. So so it's definitely there's definitely seeds of that in the franchise. And I think also in our Jason X episode, if I'm remembering correctly, um, with our guests, we were talking about how uh, Jason... Um, kind of is like a could be seen as like an angel of god or the angel of death or something like that uh so definitely some connections there yeah that that that's it's interesting that um they portray jason as coming from hell and then um connecting that the theology because i would think that if jason is coming from hell to smite the wicked of people who do all sorts of naughty things um it, it seems like I, from a theological theologically is it, for for those of you who don't know I, I I work as a, a musician and I have worked as a musician in in a different uh, theological uh, houses of worship so um so I have a little bit of background in this um uh, to at least understand um it, it almost seems like if, if if Jason is coming from hell to come after them he wouldn't necessarily be I'm surprised that he would be trying to kill them 
rather than almost encouraging that behavior. And so it seems like that Jason would be coming from a place where that behavior would, well, would be discouraged. It depends on, it depends on like what your theology of hell and end times is. But like if Satan is collecting souls, then Satan is collecting the souls of people who do bad. So he needs somebody to kill the people who are doing bad before they have a chance to repent and do good. Well, then that changes my entire concept of, of what hell would be like and what it was about. I always thought it was a place where if you were bad, that's where you went versus that they're pulling the bad people there because that's what they want to do. There, it seems like a different kind of, uh, different kind of philosophy. Hell. Yeah, uh, that, that's one of the things I keep like promising we'll get into some of this stuff, but a lot of this stuff is like so big it's hard to talk about, especially in like a retrospective. But one of the things I'm sure we will keep coming back to is various theologies around hell uh, because there are as many theologians and people and people interpret the Bible and stuff as there are is as many different understandings of how hell works and stuff like that. It's just there's no consistent Christian or really any religion that I'm aware of that has a very consistent, clear definition of what hell or some sort of eternal punishment would be like, if it even exists at all. There's That's another thing we can get into is like how there's a lot of... Uh, there's a lot to be said about, um, in Christian tradition at least, that there is no such thing as hell, that there's something called universal salvation. Everybody is saved through Jesus. So that's something we can get into another time. It's a th theology I personally kind of like. I, I will I will say, and, and I, don't, I don't know if you know this yet, but um, uh, somebody I dated once upon a time when I was in high school uh, eventually went on for a degree in Catholic theology and had the same, uh, came up with the same opinion as that hell could not possibly exist because God loves everyone. So if God loves everyone, why would God do that? And then went to the response of, well, maybe it's the person who's rejecting God. It's like, well, God wouldn't reject them anyway because rejected or not, they would rejecting God or not, the divine would still save them anyway. So it's yeah. just so it's fascinating. Yeah, there's that. There's also like I I know we're already a pretty nerdy po podcast and we yes. have pretty nerdy listeners <laughs> for the most part. I know some of and you are really you cool. Yeah, some of you all are really cool and stuff, and we some, are way too nerdy you for you. Really cool. But like, um, I know we have like yeah, all of you are cool, and thank you so much for being a listener. I don't mean nerd in a bad way. That's why we're called horror nerds at church. We're embracing the term. But nerdiness is the epitome of life. Even as nerdy as we are, we could get into some like really nitty gritty about ways to translate some of the Pauline epistles. And is Paul talking about the faith of Christ or is Paul talking about faith in Christ? And some of that has huge importance in the uh, understanding of universal salvation. Uh, so we, we can... All this stuff to listen to in the future of this podcast, future episodes. So keep coming back, I guess. All these teasers for later. Um, the only other th theological theme that we kept bringing up is the hero's journey from Joseph Campbell about Jason. How Jason, even though he is supposedly the antagonist, the bad guy in this, he nevertheless is following the hero's journey, which is basically he's under a mentor. Uh, who introduces him kind of to this greater world that would easily be his mom. The mentor dies, she dies uh, in the first film, and then he kind of has to find his own way. Uh, there's a death and resurrection oftentimes involved uh, in the hero's journey, which Jason dies how many times and is resurrected how many times until he becomes an immortal a godlike zombie sort of creature uh, starring with Jason Lives. So it's just very interesting how even though Jason is the antagonist, he... 
uh, one of the recurring themes is that he's almost treated as the protagonist in the film, um, uh, especially towards the end when it, it, he is more like openly talking about how he's on this crusade for uh, kind of like when Jason and Jason goes to hell when he steps on the condom that was thrown out of the tent, like as this way of like almost saying Jason is on this crusade for safer sex and stuff like that. So very interesting um, development of Jason. Uh, anything else that you were thinking theolog- theology wise for the series as a whole or... I think it's, I think it's a especially with some of the later movies, a, a, the more ones more recently produced. It was fascinating to me and interesting that it almost says they were almost saying something about humanity and the way that we think, and um, and it is a commentary on on uh, how people respond in in situations like this when you have somebody like Jason killing people, and and then also the but then in showing how people respond and how humanity would typically respond. Um, it, it was, it was interesting to see um, the, how it addressed the morality of that and to have some of the morality and ethics of that kind of put in front of our faces, which is um, as the viewer, which is interesting because it, cause it connects to the theology as well, because there's, because it's all intertwined and interconnected. Yeah. It was just, it was just very fascinating and, and how it's encouraging, at least it encouraged me to kind of consider and think, where how do like what the problems are here what have i learned from this and how can i move forward in life with those lessons and uh you know for that it's talking about for morality ethics and and then how and then the theological connection that it has also too yeah yeah Uh, that's one of the main points of this podcast i'm so glad you brought up is just like how much horror draws on religion but also i think how much horror like comment uh, horror isn't just derivative of especially like western <laughs> horror t- tends to be to draw heavily on like western ideas of christianity and good and evil and all those things and yet on um, there there's always as kind of commentary in it as well it's not just simply derivative it's also produ- productive in how it um, talks about theology and so that's why we do this podcast because of the ways that we can learn from we can actually learn from horror movies not just talk about the religion in the horror movies and whether or not they got it right but actually learn from the commentary that the horror movies put out there on um, religion like one of the ones that I think of most readily this isn't Friday the 13th but Um, when we did Silent Night, Deadly Night with uh, JM as the guest co-host, that was a really fun one because we it, there was a very clear commentary on like the Catholic Church that this movie was doing. So, uh, so it's it's there. It's definitely there. Um, I guess we'll move into I, any like dangling plot threads or any sequels. Anything you would want to see in a Friday the Thirteenth movie that has not been done yet. Um. <laughs> These might be fighting for words for some people. Fight me. Um, is a. I'm sorry. This might not be a popular opinion, but <laughs> a lot of these movies, a lot maybe all of them, are to me kind of feel the same. It's like it's the same story. They can all be summed up with, um, some young adults, you know, or high school age students, you know, whatever young adults. Um, uh, go camping together with their friends. Um, they uh, engage in and behave in not um 
behave in some creative ways and um <laughs> we'll say like you know like sleep together whatever get drunk you know maybe when they shouldn't you know and kind of do stupid stuff and and then some maniac killer comes out of the woodwork to kill them all and then just yep. slashes them and everybody dies at the end you know the next movie same kind of thing and uh, it's uh um it just i would like to see a movie like like this series i'd like to see a movie enter into the series that is not the same story told over and over and over and over and over and over again like i think there's what like 13 14 movies you know 12 12 close enough that there are 12 (laughs) i can count them that there's 12 movies but they all tell the same story and watching them all back to back especially recently it's they all seem like they're it's the same it's the same story. It's the same information, just told with different characters on a different at a different point in time. But it's still the same. And I and I'm thinking I would love to see this expand and grow into um, something and into more than just the same story. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's interesting that you say that because I feel like any time that one of the franchises tries to do that, it is usually met with a lot of backlash. Like um, Jason goes to hell is more of like this weird demon possession story than a slasher movie. And it's often considered to be one of the worst by a lot of fans of the franchise because it deviates so much from the, uh, the, um, main like way the <laughs> I can't think of the word I'm looking for, but you know what I mean? Like it deviates so much from the script of what, what has been done in the franchise. I agree. It doesn't, that one didn't seem to fit in, in context of the bigger picture. Um, However, my opinion at least wasn't a very good movie, and so I wonder if they could have, um, if they could have deviated from it, but done so in such a way that still was true to the larger arcing story, Mm -hmm. um, that made sense within the larger context, and it was just maybe one, one localized episodic situation. Yeah. Well, two things we didn't get into on this, um, but I would love to in the future is there are two fan made Jason movies, uh, never hike alone and never hike in the snow. Um, and that brings me to one of the things I would love to see is like an actual Friday, the 13th movie set in winter. I think that would be amazing. That would be fun. Um, and I'm thinking, well, never hike in the snow is like the fan version of that. But um, when Friday the 13th, 2009 was, um, there was a sequel to that in the works before the uh, failure of the Nightmare on Elm Street sequel and a few other things caused that one to kind of fizzle out. And then, of course, the franchise fell into rights disputes. But they were originally planning a follow up to that film that would have been set in winter. And if you have not seen, I think it's Slasher Season 2. It's available on Netflix, I think, or Shudder. It's on one of those streaming platforms. It's set in winter. It's a Slasher series set in winter and in the wilderness in winter. And it is so good. And I would love to see something like that. Um, And something else I would love to see in the Jason franchise is I would love to see Pamela's early murder spree. We hear references to it, but like we hear like how there were fires and mysterious disappearings and stuff like this in the between when Camp Crystal Lake closed in the 50s and when it was trying to be reopened in the late 70s. And so like I would love to kind of maybe a mini series or something that follows Pamela as she tries to keep the <laughs> keep the camp from opening and stuff like that. Also love to see what's happening with Tommy Jarvis. Love to see what's happening with Tina, the psychic woman from part seven. And 
something that would be really cool is instead of trying to make a modern Jason, what if we take him back to the 80s and do a film like ride the high of the 80s nostalgia that's going on right now and just set a Jason movie in the 80s, have him murder some kids in the woods uh, that I think if you're going to stick to the formula, that's what I was trying to think of earlier formula. If you're trying to stick to the Friday the 13th formula, why don't you just go in full force and do it in the 80s? I think it'll be fun um, with today's budget, with a big budget, special effects uh, of combination of the ways that um, digital and computer generated effects and graphics can enhance uh, practical effects. I, I just think it would be really cool to see what could be done today with a decent budget, uh, but set it in the 80s, in the early days of Jason. And also the newer technology to achieve some of the scenes and some of the uh, actions that they wanted to have that they couldn't have or that just kind of looked cheesy. Yeah, yeah, for real. I I don't know. I just think that would be lots of fun. Um, anything else that you would say for this or should we go into our official podcast ranking um i think we should move on because we've been chatting for quite a while yeah so let's move on okay so for ranking the films how this works is uh i will go around we'll go around and say basically from our least favorite to our favorite of all 12 films so matt will tell me his least favorite i'll say my least favorite and then i also added a third category here for the podcast order and the podcast order is basically i took the way how we rate rated the franchise out of machetes at each entry um so joe myself and any guests we had i just took those ratings uh found the average and then uh listed the movies from uh lowest score to highest score so there's kind of this other way to do it um so and we're going to follow James Bonding by Matt Gorley, I think, is the one that started this, where basically when you rank the films, you don't talk about it till um, each entry has until like the film has been named by each person. And then you can talk about why it's ranking there for you. So we're going to follow it that way. We'll see how it goes. Um, This is our first time doing it uh, without Joe. So it's a little bit different, but we're going to try. So I will try my best. Yes. Uh, what is your least favorite Friday the 13th film? I think I went with Freddy versus Jason. Interesting. My least favorite is Jason Takes Manhattan. And the podcast's least favorite is A New Beginning. What about number 11 for you? I said uh, New Blood. Part 7, The New Blood. Um, for me, that was Freddy versus Jason. And for the podcast order, that was Friday the 13th, the remake, which had, a aver- I should say, the average ranking. So A New Beginning, the average score was 2.5, which is really low, um, f- f- out of 10 machetes. And then for Friday the 13th, 2009, the average ranking was 4.5 machetes. Number 10. Jason Goes to Hell. Interesting. See, you have... What's very interesting, and we'll talk about this when we start talking about it, is like, even though you don't watch these movies, you kind of follow, generally speaking, what a lot of fans of the franchise, how they would rank them. Uh, so I just find that interesting. Anyway, my number 10 is... I, before you say that, I'm just hoping that I remember the, the, the short scenes that pop in my head. I'm hoping I'm attaching the right <laughs> title to the right movie. So yeah. we might find out that I, I rank some of these wrong because I have some very clear opinions on, on, some, on some of these, but no, I've got we, the names wrong. <laughs> I think we talked 
I think we talked through it. So I think you remembering correctly, but we'll find out, I guess. Matt misremembers stuff. He'll yes. still get it this 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 season, just maybe not like the last time. Right, right. So for me, my number 10 was A New Beginning. It's part five, A New Beginning. And the podcasts was part eight, Jason Takes Manhattan, which had an average rating of six. What about nine for you? Jason X. Jason X, Jason in space. Okay, for me, my number nine is Friday. Right? My number nine is Friday the 13th, the remake in 2009. And the podcast order was Freddy vs. Jason, ranked at number six. With a six out of ten machete. Oh, excuse me. Six out of ten. Yes. So, Freddy vs. Jason, we can talk about now because we've each mentioned this was your least favorite, my second least favorite, and the podcast's fourth least favorite. So, why are we giving Freddy vs. Jason so low? What, what didn't you like about it? Um, that's a good question. It just, like, I don't know. It just, um, this was the one that had the, uh, had the, the dude with the nail claws, right? Yes. Freddy Krueger. Yeah, I always get them confused. Yay. I remember, misremembered something again. Um, <clears throat> I, I, uh, I, it just seemed, I don't know. It was an interesting crossover, but it just seemed very, just seemed really cheesy and kind of like, I, I, I don't want to say dumb, but it was just like, I don't know. It just, it, it seemed like, it, it seemed like it was doing the crossover and some of the stuff for the sake of doing it rather than, um, rather than doing it with an actual storyline in place. Yeah. What's very interesting is this was something Abel and I talked about when we covered this movie together, uh, is it just, we know that Freddy versus Jason was in development hell for decades. And so it's like, this is the, out of decades worth of scripts and millions of dollars put into developing this movie, this is the best script they got. Yeah, it just, for something that was so long awaited and it, it just fell flat. Now... I will say that for me personally, I think Matt's different. But for me personally, I still rank all these movies are decent. Like, I will watch any of them. So it's like even if I'm ranking Freddy versus Jason pretty low, like I did, that still doesn't mean I don't like it. I enjoy the movie very much. It's just out of the rest, it just doesn't compare. Uh, same for, same for me as uh, in generally speaking as I I too and enjoy all of them and I'll watch them you know and and everything with you but or with anybody but um yeah but based on that scale of you know if you have to rank things that you like you know it's um probably of all these of all the options but yeah but the bottom is still the last one is still something I'd enjoy fun fact um the budget for this movie from 2003 according to Wikipedia was 30 million dollars and the box office was one hundred sixteen point six million. Yeah, it was one of the most. It had one of the highest um, returns out of any entry in either the uh, Friday the Thirteenth or the Nightmare on Elm Street series. And so, if you go back in this episode, about I talk about some of the sequels that were supposed to happen but then never did. But we did get the comic book continuation, which I think, like I said, we'll cover when we do Freddy versus Jason again as part in season four when we cover the nightmare things. So we'll get into that a little bit. I do have to say that I appreciated how this movie um, kind of tried to do what I had said earlier is they kind of tried to deviate from the typical, you know, kids go into camp, you know, and into the woods. 
um, do naughty things, make poor choices, and then get slashed and everybody dies. You know, I, I liked how they um, deviated that but still stayed within the general context of, um, of the overarching storyline um, for the series. So I, I appreciated how they tried to step out of their box. I, so yeah, I um, just can never get past, when I think this movie, I can never get past that line where um, the main uh, character, Lori, which I'm pretty sure is a connection to Halloween. But anyway, Lori says, um, Jason, uh, Freddy and fire, Jason and water. How can we use that? Or something like that. It's just one of the most obnoxious on the nose lines anyway. Anyway, are we ready to move on or more thoughts about Freddy versus Jason? Let's move on. Okay, so number eight. I said Jason takes Manhattan. Ooh, we can talk about it now. So why did you put Jason? So I and the podcast both had Jason takes Manhattan pretty low. It was my least favorite, but you have it more in the middle. So I can go on why it's one of my least favorites. But why is it for you? Why is it for you more of a middle of the road thing? Um, let's see. Uh, I I don't know. I guess because they kind of tried to to deviate from the typical thing by you know from the woods and they put it into a different location. Um, and uh, this is the one where they're on the boat, right? Yeah, the okay. cruise ship. Yeah, 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 yeah. That that um, the, a cruise ship that wasn't a cruise ship. Right, right. The right. Lazarus. Yeah. yeah, that was that 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 was ironic that they chose the Lazarus of all of all names for the boat. But moving on, um, it was it was different. It was it was uh, it was not set in this. It wasn't because there so many of them are set in the woods and they're at a camp and they're still at Camp Crystal Lake, and uh, they're in like the similar house or the same one. And it's just like it. And then they go to the beach, you know, and they go on the pier, you know. It's just like it's the same stuff. Where this one, it's like, oh, they're in New York. They're on a boat. <laughs> They're trying to go places, you know. So I thought it was interesting that they, um, that they, I liked how they took it a different story, you know, a different kind of scene and set the scene slightly different. Yeah. However, with that said, <laughs> there was a lot of silliness, a lot of cheese, and a lot of stuff that kind of didn't make sense. And, um, but then, and then also too, as they're going through that, once they get back to the docks in New York city and there, and it, there was a lot of stereotyping that, um, that was going on that I didn't really appreciate because of, cause it's, it was almost suggesting like, Oh, if you get off at the docks at the, um, at, you know, a, a, off of a boat down by the docks, you know, and you walk through an alley, you're going to run into some drug dealers who want to, um, assault you and do other things. And then, you know, and it's nice that Freddie came to help, but or <laughs> Jason, Jason, sorry, Jason, Matt Riss remembers stuff. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Um, where, where Jason comes to, presumably help but maybe not or just it appeared that way but it just it just because you walk in the docks and walk down an alley doesn't mean you're gonna see anything you know it's just it could just be an empty alley you know know. as people matt and i who live in in major cities uh so it's like yes they're dangerous and have to be smart but like at the same time it's like also as this franchise has told us being in the woods in the middle of nowhere is also very dangerous um, I think for me, the thing I really don't like about this movie, why it's the lowest in the franchise for me, is just, it's not the creator's fault, but their budget basically got ripped out from under them, so they ended up having to set half of it in Vancouver and half of it on a cruise ship, and we only get one scene in New York. And so I think 
it's just that wasted potential what really could have been a very cool entry in the franchise and then it just there just wasn't the money there to make it happen so it sadly fell apart and the other thing is just the logical like the the logical leaps you have to take to understand that now crystal lake opens up to the atlantic ocean or something like that and that a giant cruise ship with only like we only see like 10 high schoolers so this entire graduating high schooling class of like 10 people apparently were able to rent a giant derelict cruise ship to take to like it's just i don't get it It, and so that's why it's so low for me i i I remember that and yeah thinking to myself this just doesn't make sense it there's a lot of stuff and um i have to say i remember at the at the end of the movie i appreciate appreciated the the toxic waste going through the sewers at the end but um at the same time too it just kind of seemed a little over the top like uh, almost unnecessary but yeah it just it, it, it was all just yeah, everything you said. <laughs> for real. Well, uh, moving on, I guess for me, my number eight was Jason X. Um, and for the podcast order, it was part two, surprising to me, with only um, six out of ten machetes. What about number seven for you? Part three, 3D. Mm, that sings a little. That's one of my favorites, but we'll get into it. Uh, for me, my seven is... Part seven, the new blood. And the podcast one was final chapter with a rating of 6.25. 6.25 out of 10 machetes. Interesting. Okay. Number six. Friday the 13th, 2009. Okay. Now we can talk about the remake. This is middle of the road for you, which would have been where it was for me most of the time or even more towards the top. But after having Olivia on the podcast, who was fantastic so go back and listen to that episode if you haven't already um they really helped convince me like this movie is not as good as i thought i thought it was good because it i thought it was like a faithful adaptation of the um first four films essentially but when you watch it like on its own without some of that knowledge of the movie it just doesn't hold up well so that's why i rated it at number nine and um but what about you this is the one where they go to the dude's dad's um, lake house, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it was okay. It was interesting. You know, it was a little bit different story, you know, and, and uh, newer people and um, having been uh, produced in recent years, you know, with a, a different kind of budget and things. Um, it was nice to have that. And uh, the, there were more, I don't know, it just seemed more... The story seemed maybe a little bit more diverse. It wasn't like the same monotone story the whole time. It's like yeah. there were little like side things going on, you know, like between some of the characters, but they were a little bit more developed, you know, and um, and uh, there was more. I almost felt like with this one that he had a little bit like that, that Jason had a little bit less screen time, but in the way mm-hmm. that where it's it's like the movie's about him, the movie is about the story, but he doesn't he doesn't get a whole lot of screen time which makes every time that he gets screen time that much more powerful and effective and and uh uh, for the for the story that's there's something great about that thank you for bringing that up because like i feel like so often now people are going to these movies to see the slasher like that's why people are going to see halloween kills and halloween ends this year when it comes out to see michael myers killing people but it's also cool for that like understated slow reveal. 
I also thought this one was a uh, um more relatable for me for some of the other ones because I think because um it was more closer to you know our current time so like mm-hmm. it's two it was two thousand nine so this is what thirteen years twelve years later thirteen years later yeah um ish and um but it's it it seemed more relatable like what some like what some of the um like the like the um in when some of the people were like screaming in horror and everything like that like I could almost I could connect better with you know rather than ah we're being chased by somebody with a sword and a hockey mask these people <laughs> came across like they were legit scared yeah and just terrified and horrified like oh my god I'm going to die and and, um, and the way they they characterized that with the cinematography and everything I thought was really nice um and just really made me feel like wow, this is a serious thing. Like, I felt their fear. I heard it in their voice. I heard the blood-curdling screams, you know, and where some of the other movies, it's just, it, was, it wasn't quite as, I don't want to say authentic, but, like, realistic? Oh, no, I get that. That makes sense. Um, I will say about this one, though, out of all the films, I think this has the best opening for me. Um, just, like, Jason rampaging through that those campers, uh, the guy with his leg in the bear trap, the woman who gets burned alive in the sleeping bag, like just some really gruesome that death back to back right in the beginning before the credit see, um, before the title even appears. So it's just like a really compelling, gruesome, scary graphic opening that um, really draws you in. And then, of course, I feel like the film just kind of becomes derivative after that. But but yeah, a great into, intro to it. Can I just can I just say? That the that um uh, having that person is as awful as okay don't get me wrong this is horrible and awful but can I just say that there's part of me that just really really enjoyed seeing somebody in that sleeping bag getting violently thrown against the tree while they were in said sleeping bag oh that's then, a different movie oh that's a different movie yeah that oh. this one there are oh, three this, sleeping bag movies is this the one where there where the sleeping bag is the rotisserie over the <laughs> yeah, it's t- tied a... over a tree. Uh, uh, tried over a campfire from a tree. Yes, yes, that was very satisfying. Yeah. So, so the sleeping I, I bag. I have a little bit of a warped mind. <laughs> the sleeping bag is one of the most iconic scenes. It comes from part seven of the first one, where Jason whacks it against a tree. I'm pretty sure it's part seven, and then Jason X does it, where Jason is takes the sleeping bag and it's like. And it's more campy and like intentionally parodying it where Jason is throwing the sleeping bag against all the sorts of different trees and stuff. And then this remake brought the sleeping bag, but did something completely different with it. So I, so I like, I like all three of them. It's kind of one of the um, hallmarks of the series. I kind of wish the scene went a little bit more with the sleeping bag roasting over the fire. I kind of oh, wish they had was, taken a little bit farther. It was, <laughs> and then when person. it falls off, you know, well, that's why you watch these movies, right? But like when, when it falls off and you like, you see the smoke coming out of like her court. It's so creepy and gross. I love it. Yummy. Moving on from that delightful image. Um, so uh, number six. So for me, number six is Friday 13th, the final chapter. Friday the, th- and then for the podcast, oh that's right I already said mine. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, then for the podcast it was Friday the Thirteenth Part Three with a rating of six and a half out of ten. Sweet. Okay, so now we are to number five. I said a new beginning. Now we can talk about a new beginning. So Part Five, a new beginning, the one 
where there's a copycat killer and not a real Jason. <laughs> I can tell you, this was our, this was um Joe by far when we covered this, his least favorite. Like, I think he rated it, like, let me see, I think I have the ratings right here, um, part five. He rated it a zero out of ten machetes, and I rated it a five, that's why I was so low for it. Um, But yeah, I, I, I think a lot of fans just don't like this one because it's not Jason. I like some of the deaths in it. It's, it has some creative kills. I think that the storyline is just lacking. You don't really feel for any of the teens. Tommy is just there. Like it, it, it just it doesn't quite congeal t- for me the way that I would want a Friday the film to. But it does have some good kills. So like for me, it's not my least favorite, but it's just it doesn't quite reach it. What about you? For you, you have it more middle of the road. Yeah, I kind I kind of thought it was. Um, yeah, I agree with all you were saying. Is that there are some underdeveloped character stories and and things, and some of it was kind of boring. But um, I liked. I, I kind of liked the creepiness factor, you know, especially towards the end with the little kid where where he's like half shaved his head and. Oh, and you're thinking of part four. See, Matt misremembers uh, stuff again. Yeah, I thought that was. This is him grown up. Tommy Jarvis grown up. A new beginning. Where he's in the youth home. Oh, on oh, on the in the laying on the bed and he's dreaming things. Yes. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. So like I said, I, I miss from at your sketch brain. Okay. So sorry everyone. Um yeah, so the that for this one, um I thought it was interesting going back and forth between um, reality and dreaming and going back and forth. It was, I don't know, it was kind of interesting. I mean, like, like, like you said, for me, it's kind of middle of the road. It wasn't awful, but I didn't think it was, it wasn't my least favorite, but it also wasn't my favorite either. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel, I feel it's that. like, eh. Yeah. The, the, it's okay. Um, now we're getting, so for me, we'll just keep going. Uh, for me, my neck number five is, Jason lives and for the podcast it is the original Friday the 13th with six and a half machetes which I'm still mad about we'll get to that anyway number four Jason lives yay uh for me it is Jason goes to hell and for the podcast Jason lives ranked of seven of ten yep does that mean we get to talk about this now yes let's talk about Jason lives so this is the one where adult Tommy Jarvis Electric accidentally brings Jason back to life by lightning striking the fence po- iron fence post and Jason. And after this idiot. point, Jason is an immortal zombie. Why, <laughs> why do you like this one? Shame on you. Um, all, uh, this one, interesting. Out of all of them, this one is like we, you, me, and the podcast all have this similarly around four or five. So for for all of us, this is one of the better ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. I don't know. It's just it was interesting. Like it had like different little things, like the people going through, um, uh, like how it started out with the um, uh, paintballers. You know, basically, mm-hmm. um, I thought that was fun. Um, and then how Jason kind of found his way in through that. And um, I also enjoyed the lightning strike. Was a kind of an interesting way to to mm-hmm. that was interesting rather than just be like, oh, he suddenly is alive again. You know, and we're like, I thought he died already. Um, and or, see, this is where Matt misremembers all sorts of things because I I, I can't I, it's okay. I don't remember. Just jump jump in, and I'll I'll probably jump in as okay. things pop back in my head. Well, uh, for me, it's campy. It is decidedly campy. 
Um, and it kind of plays into that. There's a sense of humor in it that I just love, where it doesn't take itself quite as seriously. There's still some creative kills, but it's just one of the least graphic and least like sexually explicit of all the Jason movies. But it's just a good time. And and that's, that's I think, why this is consistently among fans one of the favorites. And also, this is where we the movie gives birth to the immortal zombie Jason uh, that now Jason is like most remembered for uh, uh, being the Jason of this movie. This was the movie with the camper, wasn't it? The campers. Yes. Yeah. So there, yeah. this is, the, a, no, this no, is no, also no, the, the only one, the camp, like the camper, like the bus camper. Yes. This had that in it. It had the red car, right? Yes. And it had the red car with the woman in it who, that and the fun. man who, um, we're surprisingly self-aware for a horror movie. Yeah, but that was fun. also is the only as many of these are set at a freaking camp. This is the only Friday the Thirteenth that actually has children at the camp when Jason is killing. The only one, which is surprising that it took us six entries and to get that, but still pretty good. And um, and and that one of my favorite scenes was uh from the movie is a. Uh, Back when, uh, um, when they're, in, I, th- I think it was in the middle beginning, is where the it was the camper, where the camper, where they, um, where Jason must he must have severed the uh, power to the camper, and yeah. then somehow finds his way in as they're driving along. Um, he's taking the the one person and and shoves her face, shoves her into, face the... into the into the outside of the of the shower area was it it inside? was yeah the bathroom or whatever yeah there. yeah and um and then uh, and then after he goes after the um goes after the dude who is driving is that then you see a big scene where the where the camper just totally like flips and rolls over in this most spectacular way and uh, and then blows up and then the only thing that comes is the door opens and suddenly you see Jason popping his head out you know and saying hello I'm here you know it's uh, yeah yep. that was that was pretty brilliant yep yep I think I think we can move on though to our third favorite so we're down to the top three so what is your third favorite final Jason? chapter Yes, now we can talk about this one. This is the one where he, Tommy Jarvis, shaves his head at the end, um, and is creepy that you're thinking, getting confused with the other one. Oh yes, yes, yes. So, how did this one land number three for you? Um, it was creepy. Oh, it was. It was creepy. I think. I think because they. I think they did a really good job with the creepy factor, especially with the kid at the end, where he seems okay, he seems fine, and then suddenly he's like, "I'm gonna have this idea, and then I'm gonna shave my head." But his head isn't like perfectly shaved it's like <laughs> right. part, it's like part like he cut himself obviously in some places and then there's little like wisps of hair coming out at odd places and then and the look on his face especially at the very end and that very last scene where it kind of freezes and he has you know I think he's giving a hug or something and yeah and then it just the look on his face I'm I was like dude that's that's creepy creepy, creepy yeah AF. yeah this has to- um so Tommy Jarvis is the kid uh played by Corey Feldman, but also this movie is noble. And Tom Savini, who did special effects on the original Friday the 13th, came back and did special effects for this one. So that's where you get some of that, like really creepy makeup that Tommy uh, Jarvis has at the end with his shaved head and the Jason face here that gets like sliced through with the machete. Like uh, it has some of the best makeup. I didn't rank as high as many people do just because there are some entries here that I just love so much more. Um, but it's still one of my favorites. Uh, still a very solid Friday the 13th movie. Okay. Anything else you want to say about that one? Nope. Friday, uh, so number three for me is Friday the 13th, the original from 1980. 
And for the podcast, New Blood with a score of 7.17 of 10. Yes, New Blood. So now we can talk about New Blood, part seven. This is the one with the psychic woman, Tina, facing off against Jason, uh, where she, at the end, uses her psychic powers to make the whole house fall down on top of him. Um, This one ranked very high in the podcast, I think, because uh, Jenna loved this movie, um, my sister, when we were watching it. And I like it, too. For me, the reason why it didn't rank higher, though, is it like for me, it's middle of the road, because by this point, I like the novel idea of having a psychic face, uh, telekinetic, I guess, not just psychic, but telekinetic woman face off against Jason is cool. But at the same time, it just that whole weird subplot with the doctor and then her like resurrecting her father at the end. There's some weird stuff in there that just kind of knock it down for me from being higher up. And those last bits that you just mentioned, that's a, that's exactly why it, it fell to the bottom of the list for me because it just, it just some weird subplots and some other stuff. And then there was a lot of, um, I don't know, some of it I found a little bit triggering, you know, and yeah. in, in terms of that, you know, not necessarily personally, but just the concepts of watching her go through some of this and being treated in this way. And, and, um, and her mother's mullet. My, my goodness. <laughs> I'm so glad you brought girl, that up. <laughs> that, girl, you need to get that fixed. We don't. My goodness. We no, try no, not no. to that like. Was, that. Now that was truly horrifying. Right. We try not to shame people's bodies and hair and stuff on this. But like that mullet was something but else. Girl, oh my you goodness. can do better. You're a yeah. lovely woman. Do better than the mullet. But also we need to point out this is Kane Hodder's first time as Jason and he is amazing. Lovely uh, woman, excuse me, not girl. Yeah, but uh, Kane Hodder played Jason this for the first time and he'd go on to play Jason three more times after this. So love Kane Hodder. Another uh, cool thing about this particular movie. Okay, ready for number two? What's your second favorite? Part two. Yay! My second favorite is also part two so we agreed on something yes now we can talk about part two okay that's a first (laughs) so why is part two your second favorite this is potato sack jason oh this is oh because of the potato sack (laughs) (laughs) um uh let's see uh what else did i like about it um you go first okay um i love this movie it is one of the like how it begins is I said that Friday Thirteenth the remake has the best opening as far as like grab you and just pull you in, but this opening is the best as far as like creepiness factor. So we get, um, I believe her name is Allison from the first movie. She comes back and Alice, she, Alice and she um is murdered right in the beginning, uh, in this very creepy suspenseful scene. Because uh, you think she's coming back, so she's going to make it. But nope, she gets killed right off in the beginning a- after surviving everything she did in the first one. Including finding the severed head of Pamela Voorhees in her refrigerator with an ice yes. pack in her temple. Ice pick in her temple. Yes, exactly. So some really creepy stuff there. And then just this one is just so that I love the characters in this, like the, the kids uh, or the, I guess, young adults, the teen- teens at the camp are just all like real believable and relatable and it has the um one that i had the biggest crush on i can't think of his name but the guy who was using the wheelchair and then he got the machete to the head and rolled down the stairs but he was just so sweet and i had the biggest crush on him and just like so many yeah so many 
great little pieces of this one that I just love. And still some great kills, some great special effects. Our first movie of Jason as the killer. Cool stuff. Yeah, and, and, and I liked, I think because this is towards the beginning of the franchise, is that I liked how a lot of these things were still new, you know, so it was like still part of the original story, like the story was still moving forward rather than a rehash of things, and because um, we watched these in chronological order according to the universe, right? Yes. So so this would have been earlier on, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and uh, so I, I enjoyed... I, I enjoyed seeing some of those things and seeing the seeing things with it, you know, happening for the first first time, you know, in, in the series and, and whatnot. And, and it just was it was different. It was creative. And and um, there was like all the things you were saying, you know, a lot of variety of things. It was just really, really well done. Yep. And also, this is a movie that introduces that simple psychology can interrupt Jason's killing streak. <laughs> So always love that. The other thing is they didn't go. I thought they didn't go over the top to try to make it a slasher horror movie. Like I think mm. like it, they it's like they didn't do it just for the sake of doing it. They did it because it was organic to the story. Maybe. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's still like a high amount of kills, but like one of the weird things that this movie does is it just leaves half the counselors in town. Um, drinking and stuff and so Jason doesn't even kill half the counselors like half the counselors survive and stuff and that was a choice they made but something that I don't think would be done in a modern day horror movie because you'd want to increase the kill count so everyone's gonna get killed but this one is like half the counselors survived cool they weren't even in the movie for most of it because they just went to town they survived but let's be honest at some point in the future they died yeah fair okay I think we're good for part two um so the podcast number two, believe it or not. Jason X. With 7.25 of 10. 7.25 machetes out of 10. So this one, I ranked pretty low and you ranked also pretty low. The podcast ranked really high because we had some sci-fi fans on that episode who loved it. To be clear and fair, I love this movie as well. It is campy. It is fun. It is cheesy. Is it my favorite? No. But will I watch it and have a good time? Absolutely. So great movie for those reasons alone. Also that sleeping bag kill where Jason is parodying by just banging the sleeping bag from one tree to another. Yeah. That was amazing. In the holodeck. I love it. That was amazing. That was a holodeck? Yes. And then they're very bad. Don't forget the very bad CGI of like the spaceship exploding. And oh, all that. right, right, right. Because this was <sighs> when he was in space. And yes. Yeah. Not my favorite. It was just, it, it just, it was, it was too far fetched for me. And um, it just a little bit beyond my personal um, suspension of belief. Is that what, yeah. is that what I'm trying yeah. to say? Yeah. It just, it, it just, just but, going asleep for 445 years, you know, waking up in 40, 24, 55, you know, it's like, after being cryogenically frozen, you know, and then it it seems, yeah, it's a little, it's a little, it's a little too much for me. <laughs> what I will say that I like about this one um, is they knew they didn't have the budget to do a good movie, so they made it fun and campy on purpose. I wish like part eight would have done that. Jason takes Manhattan because I think we would have had a much better movie. But I'm glad anyway. you brought up that point because I, I remember when we were watching this commenting on that and said like that they didn't they knew it was silly and 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 they knew it was going to be ridiculous and they didn't try to hide that fact or real. Well, 
guess we're finally to number one. What is your favorite Friday the 13th movie? Okay. Clearly so far, not everyone's favorite opinion, but I said Friday the 13th from 1980, the very first movie. Now we can talk about it. I This sounds really good. So I rank it up there too. For me, it was number three. Uh, for the podcast, it was number five. I just... I don't think it's controversial, Matt, to say that this is your favorite because it is the original. It kind of sets. It's the original and it started it all, you know. Yeah. And was it the best out of all of them? Objectively, maybe not. But without it, we wouldn't have had anything else. And I, so I think it, that alone for me needs to put it at the top, if not first, maybe second or something, because it's it's what introduced us all in the whole world to who Jason Voorhees is and 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 will become, you know and and I, I think we I think that just that alone made it okay, you know. And well, you don't know. forget, Jason Voorhees was wasn't the killer in this one, right? He wasn't, and that's which what, I think was more even made it more spectacular. Yeah, that's why I think it is hard for me to watch this as a modern person, knowing how it ends, even before I watched it, that Pamela was the killer. Um, but I, just to put myself in that mindset, of somebody going to the theater, knowing it's going to be a slasher movie. Just thinking through, like, Kevin Bacon's death with the arrow through his neck. Amazing effects by Tom Savini. Amazing effects work. Pamela getting her head chopped off. Like, another amazing special effects work. But also, when Pamela comes, you... Like, if you don't think... If you don't know that Pamela is the killer, like, you think she's there to help. And then when she, like, starts, you can first start to get that foreshadowing that she's not fully with it. And then when she starts doing the, like, kill them, mommy, kill them voice, like, when she, like, just so creepy and such a big twist. I don't think anyone would have seen coming when it came out. And, of course, that's the problem now is you watch it, you already know the twist. But, like, I I think it's really, really effective. I agree, and and I really I think the um, the actor who played Pamela um, did Betsy Palmer, Betsy yeah, um, I I think she did just a, a fabulous job, kind of um, uh, finding that balance between um, what we would expect a typical person to be like, you know, or to be like in a movie, um, to transition into just a little bit of a. Um, psychopathic killer or something you know where mm-hmm. it's just where it's like you know it's like everything's okay we're good yeah let's go do this and and you know and oh oh don't you know don't forget we we need to protect you know and and and, and kill these people too because that's the right thing to do you know it's just i i can't even do it she did so so wonderfully and and just the to and to but to slowly introduce and reveal that she's a psychopathic killer mm-hmm. but in a way that isn't necessarily obvious until you see her actually full-on you know and doing it it yeah such Such a great job betsy such a great movie um and like you said star of the entire franchise on one of the most popular horror franchises of all time so wouldn't be anywhere without this movie um for me my number one no surprise to anybody who listened to the episode is friday 13th part three and 3d so now time to talk about this one and you should all see the face that my husband is making at me (laughs) it's jason in 3d as i'm doing the 3d motions in and out in front of me with my arms it is it was just so ridiculous it is so ridiculously cheesy but i love it i love the story there um i love the overacting i love the fact that the 
main character, I think her name is Kirstie or something, her boyfriend is like 50 years older than her. I love it. And he's supposed to be playing a teen. I love the weird barn with bales of hay with no horses. Like this one is just the one that's so ridiculous that I just can't help but love it. It's also the first time Jason gets his hockey mask. We also have Shelly, the um, lovable weirdo there who's also mildly creepy. We have one of my favorite kills in the entire franchise in this movie when the guy gets uh, cut like in half from when he's doing the headstand and then like basically flailed in half. Like That ooh. was amazing. So anyway, just fantastic movie. Love this one. No complaints. Perfect. Beautiful. <laughs> this is the one with the yellow car and the and the gangsters in the barn and the dude with the curly hair. Yeah, Shelly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it, in all honesty, I did kind of like the movie. It was entertaining. Um, I definitely would not rate it as number one, but it just, <laughs> it, but it, it was definitely entertaining, and probably all of them. And uh, now, as I'm looking at this, maybe I should have ranked it a little bit higher than I did. Um, but it, it was, it was definitely entertaining, and it was, um, it was, it was fun to watch for sure. You know, yeah. I wouldn't mind watching again. And, and that's the thing. Like for me. One of the things I love about it is this is like the epitome. When I think of Friday the 13th, I think of this movie, like of these are the kills. These are the weirdness of the series, how it just doesn't quite gel, but it's like just so fun and campy. So that's why I love this one. Okay. Last one. What did the podcast rate? Number one. Uh, Jason goes to hell with a rating of 7.5 out of 10. Jason goes to hell. I'm sure a lot of longtime fans would be confused by this because they, Jason goes to hell is not ranked highly. And Matt, you ranked it very low. Um, I ranked at number four though. So why don't you, why don't you start with your complaints and I'll defend why I think it deserves a spot in the top four. This was just, (laughs) where do I start? (laughs) This was so ridiculous. It was, um, because this is the one with the bounty hunter, right? Yes, Creighton Duke. Yeah, it it was the bounty hunter. It was this like weird worm lizard thing, crazy lizard thing. It was the the hallway with the mirrors in it and an alternate dimension, and and um, it was just it was just I don't know. It just it just and then the way the movie ended, it was just like so. It was just so, um, I don't know. It just, it just was just, it, it's so over the top for me. It was just ridiculous. It's like, it just, it was almost absurd, you know, and not mm-hmm. like where I would say, oh, it's so absurd. This is great. It was like absurd. Like, why did they do this? You know, it just, it doesn't, it didn't seem to fit, you know, and then, and then at the very end, then there's all these wonderful starry special effects that were <laughs> added in. They're so bad. Yeah. And, um, and then she like says, and you're now I'm going to kill you. And then she like punches, like does this like karate chop kick of some kind, you know, uh, pushing the, the, the special magical Dagger thing, yeah. magical knife thing into him, you know, and then he gets pulled into the ground and, you know, and everything. It just, it, it just it, I, I'm sorry it just it just was a little ridiculous to me and it is that is absolutely fair um in my defense I think it is a weird movie I absolutely agree but for me it works that part of it I think for me is nostalgia because this, this was the first Jason movie I ever saw um when I was a little kid Aww. so so it always has a special place 
for that for me. But I also just love, it's very self-referential. It has some really weird queer stuff in there that just, it, it just is weird. Like there's no other explanation for it. Like the scene where Jason is shaving the police officer. Uh, so weird stuff like that when he's all ball gagged and tied to a table. And um, the weird worm in the vagina scene is just another weird, like weird is the way to talk about this movie. It's just a very weird movie for, and because it's so different from the rest, because there's of nostalgia for me, that's why I rank it high um, for me. For the podcast, I don't remember why Joe ranked it so high. I, I think it was probably similar. Like it has like this kind of like early 90s sheen so when that's kind of like when we came of age so it it kind of feels like a precursor to the x-files and stuff so that's i think why it's ranked so highly but i think most fans would agree with you of the franchise and rank it much lower like you did so thank you to all the adoring fans who agree with me (laughs) i feel vindicated yay well that's that's our Friday the 13th retrospective so shorter than typical but um like I said we'll get into more stuff when we do our um the Nightmare on Elm Street retrospective and when we do a big three retrospective some point so all that to come probably in the fall of 2022 the year we are in so stay tuned for that are we allowed to talk about next movies or not yet yes so can I say can I say yeah so hold on um I agree 100%. Uh, so why don't you tell us the franchise we're going through, and then I can fill in some of the one-offs. Everyone's favorite, and I haven't seen it, Twilight. Yep. So as as we were hinting, Twilight is the franchise we're covering. We're going to be watching all five films. Um, so s- season... For we have we have scheduled out. It's going to start on art season four. Season three, season three is going to start March seventeenth of this year. Mark it down. Yep, we're going to be watching. Isn't that also St. Patty's Day? Yes. Remember to bring beverages appropriate to the hour that are green. <laughs> yeah, and we'll be watching. Interestingly enough, because isn't Bram Stoker Irish? I think so. Um, but we'll be watching uh the original Dracula, nineteen thirty one. Uh, and like I said, Emily Ewing is going to be guest co-host for all of these. We already started recording some of them. They're going to be great. Um, then March 24th, we'll be watching Twilight. March 31st, Daughters of Darkness, uh, which is, if you haven't seen it, is this lesbian horror movie. Just so fun. Um, and then after Daughters of Darkness, we'll watch on April 7th, Twilight Saga, New Moon. And then... Um, Bram Stoker is Irish, by the way, born in Dublin, 1847, and then passed away in 1912 in England, in London. Um, and then, uh, so yeah, and then after Twilight Saga New Moon on April 7th is Holy Week, so we'll be watching, appropriate for Holy Week, a little break from our vampire saga, uh, we'll be watching The Passion of the Christ, um... So after, so Pastor the Christ will come out April 14th, which is Monday, Thursday. After that, uh, we have Twilight Saga Eclipse from 2010. Yep. Coming out March 21st or April 21st. I'm glad I can read my dates here. Um, you need new glasses. I do. Uh, after 
that april 28th we have interview with the vampire 1994 amazing movie is that with, with the, brad pitt brad pitt tom cruise antonio banderas um i and remember we watched it at a bar that we went to in san francisco i think it was yes. my birthday weekend and it in the bar that just happened to be this is all coincidental that the bar was playing the movie you know on well the, it was halloween i think it was halloween actually was it so yeah. that's why they're playing the movie anyway the, the point is they were it was the bar in san francisco playing the movie but that bar just happened to be located like a block and a half away from where the movie was taking place in San Francisco. Yeah, the opening and closing scene where they're in that weird like triangle building in San Francisco. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, following that, on May 5th, is Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn 1 from 2011. Yep. And then after that, May 12th, we'll be watching Blade from 98 with Wesley Snipes, a fantastic vampire movie. Excited for that one. I feel like I've seen that one. I'm sure you have. It it's kind it, of the name's familiar. Yeah, anyway. it's, it's it's technically like a Marvel character and like comic booky kind of thing. So yeah. a lot of so even <gasps> we, like non horror people have watched have it. We have seen this. We watched this together years ago. I'm sure we have. Yeah, it's been a long time. All the pop culture I know <laughs> is because of Pace. Thank you. <laughs> After Blade on May, I can't see this. May fifteenth, nineteenth, nineteenth. It's it's covered on my screen. Uh, May nineteenth uh, is Twilight Saga: Breaking Dawn two from two thousand twelve. Yep. And then May twenty sixth, we'll be watching Hotel Transylvania. I love that movie. Adorable little movie. Uh, oh, it's delightful. It's it's a lot of fun. I I I love that one. Yeah, it's there's great. a new one that just came out on Amazon uh, Prime, which we watched. Not as good as the first one. Spoiler, but like, but still cute. So cute. It's worth it if you have access to it. Then June 2nd is 30 Days of Night from 2007. Yep, Josh Hartnett. This is our one, like, actually terrifying, scary vampire movie um, <laughs> on there. So I know, like, a lot of our fans are not huge on the super scary stuff. So we, um, so this is kind of one of these mini seasons that is a little bit lighter fare and not quite as scary than typical but we had to include at least one of the super scary vampire movies in there so we did followed by june 9th vampire lit retrospective yep so we have two retrospectives june 9th uh for the season we'll be talking about vampire literature uh so we'll talk about like bram stoker's dracula for instance but we'll also talk about the since most of these were based on books we'll talk a little bit about the twilight series by stephanie meyer we'll talk a little bit about the um interview with the vampire series by ann rice or uh, vampire chronicles as it's called um and some of the comic books like 30 days of night and perhaps like richard Matins matheson's i am legend and some of that stuff so we're going to kind of talk about that um our special guest we have for that episode is pete selfer who you will have um heard already on our podcast a few times so emily pete and i will be talking about uh pete has taken coursework in vampire literature so it's like so so i'm really excited about this to kind of take a deep dive into some of the books instead of just the movies we'll be covering some of the books but then the second vampire retrospective on june 8th uh, 16, which we'll be closing out the season with, is on the film. So we'll kind of do a 
since Twilight isn't is only five films long, we didn't feel like it merited a full retrospective just to itself. But we'll talk more about vampires in general and kind of their evolution over film, um, from something that's scary, but to something that now nowadays is more kind of seen as erotic thrillers than anything else uh, by and large but that's not to say there still aren't scary vampire movies like 30 days a night and others but you had mentioned i am blade a little bit ago i've actually seen that movie blade i think so or i am legend i am legend sorry i am legend i've actually seen that yeah with will smith that that was terrifying there's a reason we are not covering that movie uh, for this season, but we will talk about the novella it's based on, I'm pretty sure, because they have radically different endings. And the novella ending, the original ending, is so much better that it really makes the whole movie just not quite work as well. Uh, but that's something you can listen to in our Vampire Lit retrospective on June 9th. And we'll talk about all the films we cover on our Vampire Film retrospective June 16th and so that's it that's our season three coming up so a few like a a little bit shorter of a season than typical uh 14 episodes but it's gonna be a lot of fun and so grateful to emily for joining us for the season thank you emily and of course thank you to matt for being our constant editor and uh sound guy music guru tech guru and Thank you so much for having me involved with the show and and on the show today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It's an honor and privilege. Thank you. I'm grateful. And um, of course, thank you to all of our upcoming guests. We have a lot of guests lined up already. I don't want to reveal them yet because some of it's still in the works a little bit, but there are going to be a a good amount of fantastic guests uh, joining us for season three. And like I said, season four is kind of already... Don't want to put the cart ahead of the horse, but season four will probably be starting in August and we'll probably be covering Nightmare on Elm Street. So there's just a lot more to come. Um, so And a couple of the guests, I saw the list and I, I also cannot cannot reveal it at this time, but a couple of the guests on the uh, uh, guests on some of the, these episodes are really ones that you will absolutely want to tune into and listen to because they are fantastic. Also, we've been thanking people. I want to thank all of you, our listeners, you know, for spending time with us and, and listening and sticking with us. You know, we, we couldn't do it without you. So thank you so very much. And a special thanks uh, um, to our Patreon supporters as well, um, who uh, have uh, that extra layer of uh, support um, that uh, that they give uh, every month. So and, and you can be a Patreon supporter, too. It's it's very, very easy. I'll get to that in just a little bit. But just thank you to all of you, the listeners, um, uh, for all of your support support and your kindness and and being with us it's greatly appreciated thank you yeah uh ditto what matt said i just cannot believe how much this little podcast has grown and throughout the ups and downs of the pandemic and season two with um health stuff and like it was just not it was a little bit of a rocky time but all of you and this podcast really helped keep all of us going during this weird pandemic and we're so grateful for all of you um, this never-ending pandemic, knock on wood, that it sometime ends soon. Please get vaccinated, wear masks, people. But um, yeah, it, we couldn't do all this without you. Um, and like Matt said, you can be a Patreon supporter, only $5 a month. But if you can't do that, there are other ways you can help, which is just, you know, tell your friends about us. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, and follow us on social media. All those things are 
and like share our posts on social media. All those things help immensely. So if you can't support us financially, uh, please consider doing um, helping us out in those ways as well. Any positive support, recommendations, um, anything, whether it's verbal, monetary, or otherwise, any anything is anything is greatly appreciated. So, <laughs> with that said. That's it for our show for today. Our theme music was written by myself, Matt May, who along with Pace edited this episode. Horror Nerds at Church releases every Thursday, uh, usually. Um, uh, 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 Please comment, rate, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitchers, or wherever you get your podcasts. Support us on Patreon and get access to exclusive movie commentary episodes, BooTube episodes, and more bonus content by going to patreon.com forward slash horror nerds at church it's only five dollars to sign up cheaper than a large coffee at your favorite overpriced coffee store follow us also on social media facebook and instagram at horror nerds at church and twitter at h n a c pod for all the latest updates about upcoming films news and other announcements until next time If you're going to go camping, don't go to Crystal Lake because you're going to get slashed. Love it. Yep. (laughs) And on that note, see y'all season three. Love y'all. Bye. Bye.